Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? On this episode, I'm going to give a little bit of a life update, talk about this nasty eye infection I'm going through. Talk about some things I go through with my internal narratives and hopefully with the the overall takeaway being it benefits you and some of the thoughts that maybe you have and my morning routine, the importance of that and and why that helps me with those internal narratives and, and having an overall more positive outlook on life. So a little bit of life update, moved into the new house. I moved. I I think I talked about this on the proposal episode. Got a new place. It is awesome. I love it. It's I finally have a yard, which is this is my first big boy house. This is I'm adult and big time, you know, out here in the Loxahatchee area. And it's really cool. It's cool to just like not be connected to another house or be able to touch my neighbor's house from my window, you know. No, you know, no no shade to those of you who do live in those developments like that, but it just wasn't for me. It's just cool to have my own space, man. It's really really cool. And tonight actually Flying to Georgia and then helping Haley move down. And we are doing the damn thing, starting our life together, merging our family, which is really fucking exciting. And uh, it's, it's an awesome time. So, I mean, this is like culmination of like when we met, we met on FaceTime and just felt that alignment. And here we are doing the thing. So, really cool. Really, really cool. So, that's happening. Stuff with Slay is progressing. So uh, launching Slay Hormone Solutions mid-December. I'll have another episode talking about why we pushed the launch. And it's for a very good reason. You guys are going to love it. But you know, just obviously a lot goes into creating the operation side of, of a medical service. But really excited for that. Getting the client portal fleshed out where you guys can have access to your order status. Speak with our medical team. It's going to be badass. So get ready. But yeah, man, I spent like the last week unpacking boxes and and getting this getting this place ready. You know, got my office set up. We're good to go. Got my internet. Got my TV. Got my soundbar. Got everything ready to go. So it's Denver. So that you parents will really relate to this next part. Denver sneezed in my eyeball, and I got some kind of conjunctivitis or infection in my eye. I woke up the next day, and my eye was swollen shut, like Mike Tyson just backhanded me one day. You know, like me and Mike Tyson were in the car and and he was listening to something on the radio and I just changed it without asking. And he just was like, he was like, hey, man, what the fit you doing? What is this? What is this bullshit? And just backhanded me, right? That's what it looks like. All crusty. So I went to the urgent care and they gave me an antibiotic eye drop. By the way, dude, like if I want to get DMs, like if I'm like, ooh, we need to, we need, we need more traffic in the DMs. I'm just going to post some kind of medical ailment that I have because the onslaught of unsolicited medical advice I get from the moms and the just the fucking holistic people and then and and just like oh like the amount of different things cuz like one time I posted I had covid and dude people were just like oh you need zinc you need to go use a neti pot you need to go fucking get an exorcism like dude it, I'm talking every spectrum I mean, people were telling me to put coconut oil in my eye, neosporin in my eye, black tea chamomile in my eyeball. Like, dude, relax. Hey, hey, guys, relax. 
I'm an adult. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> oh, let me just rush to, to give you medical advice over Instagram. <laughs> I appreciate it, but uh, I got it under control, y'all. I, I am a 33-year-old adult. Like I can, I can manage, but thank you. Thank you for your concern. I preach. 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 Anyway, I got antibiotic eye drops and slowly getting better. But yeah, it's, it's gave me a headache, man. Oh, gave me a headache and it just felt like garbage the past couple of days. But yeah, Denver, I was changing his underwear one day, helping him change his underwear. He's standing there and he just right in my eyeball, bro. And I was like, oh, God. Usually it's in my mouth. So thanks for not doing that. But trade off eye infection. So let's talk about hard mornings. And what I mean by that is, I don't know about you all, and some of you will resonate with this, some of you won't. Some of you guys probably have a much more easy, like a much easier time with this, but I think it's safe to say that the majority of us have a negative mindset as our default, right? And and what does that come from? We can zoom out and look at like the boomer generation and how they raised us and, you know, the society and social media and the algorithm pushing us in a negative direction and the politicians profiting off of outrage and profiting off of divided populace and bipartisanship, you know, pitting us against each other, whether it's race or gender or or gun control or, or whatever it is, right? They need us divided so that they can get votes, so that they can stand there and say, well, I think this is the best way. And their opponent is sharply opposed. And so like they pit us against each other, use, like weaponizing social media, owning big tech and making us hate each other when reality, it's like, if you go actually go out into the world, like none of that shit's going on. I don't know. It's Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in our country, but when you look at why people are pissed off all the time, it's pretty easy to see that the news, social media, and 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 just the way society has has weaponized information and propaganda to to make us hate that plays a big part. But it's also our upbringing and and our, our the boomer generation being very susceptible to the mainstream news. Like I don't know if you about you all, but like my grandfather, like as awesome as he was, he would just sit there and bitch at the TV all day. <laughs> he would just sit there and watch Fox News and just be like, ah, damn it, damn. And he just kind of like mumbled to himself, you know? And then like, that's all he wanted to talk about was like how pissed off he was about what the people were saying on the news. It was just totally brainwashed. It was like he was in the tractor beam, couldn't get out of it. And so many people live that way now, but just with social media. So I'm a huge believer in, you know, what you habitually consume becomes your reality, right? You are what you habitually consume. And so to that end, we have to make sure that if we want to live a positive reality and have positive thinking and react positively to most things as much as possible and handle things in an integrated way, as well as develop more peace, wholeness, and security in our lives and in our thinking and in our relationships, we have to actively fight that shit by controlling what we expose ourselves to, controlling what our, our to, in, in a little bit of a way, you know, curating what we see on our devices. And having a really solid routine to cultivate that kind of thinking, because I'm here to tell you that kind of thinking where you just forecast negative constantly and you always, you know, are thinking about what could happen, you're stressing and you're like worried about the next tragedy or you're catastrophizing. It doesn't lead to success. It doesn't lead to happiness. It doesn't lead to abundance. It doesn't lead to you getting somewhere in life. And I know that because I do it a lot and I've had to actively work on it a lot in the past. You know, two to three years specifically, and 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 now too. For me, you know, I, I'm in a new, I'm in uncharted territory, right? I've never been in this point in a relationship before, where it's like, man, this is it. This is intimate. This is vulnerable. We're truthful, 
unrelenting, less unrelenting truth, rawness, and and full trust of each other. It's been very hard for me in the past to actually have an open heart with somebody and trust that they will love all of me, warts and all. Right? Like a lot of us hide the parts of ourselves we don't want the other person to see, in hopes that you know they'll they'll stay or or they or you know because we don't think that part of us is lovable. Well, here I am with all of it out, right? And that's vulnerable, and it, and it can be it digs up old wounds and digs up old thought processes. And and it's pivotal for us to work on those and always look internally. Every single time I wake, every single time I have some kind of issue or conflict or I, you know, cause something within my relationship or I feel a certain way, I find more and more over time, it the best thing for me to do is go internally and ask myself, why do I feel this way? You know, what's the primary emotion? Because we have secondary emotions, we have primary emotions. And usually the primary emotions are either fear or uncertainty or doubt or anger. You know, there's there's some primary emotion and we're masking that with the secondary emotion. We make we fight about things that aren't actually what the primary emotion is, you know. And a lot of times in conflict, it comes down to seeking to, you know, we're both trying to find the key that goes in the lock, right? It's like we're we're both searching for that key. We're going back and forth. It's me versus you. You're trying to prove your point. I'm trying to prove my point. But the root of it is, I'm wondering, are you here with me? Do you see? Do do you hear me? Right? Like, do you still love me? Are you here with me? You know, and do you hear me? Are are you do you understand where I'm coming from? You know, and and like I'll just be very you know I'll be very transparent with you all. Like a lot of times in my relationship. Uh, with Haley, Haley needs to know sometimes if if she like for instance, and and Haley is what I would describe as a very secure person, right? And so that's why I feel comfortable using her her fears as an example. But like, you know, she she doesn't have as much struggles as I do in relationship. I have a much more like volatile past a childhood with with that anyway, in particular with relationships, right? But and what I witnessed growing up. But as far as like for her, it's like sometimes she just needs to know that her fear is valid. And in that moment, my challenge is to know that her fear is not undermining me. Because a lot of my struggles are, am I being taken advantage of? Am I, am I, you know, is this person trying to undermine me? And, and again, that comes from old wounds, right? But what she's looking for, sometimes we'll get into a back and forth. And uh, in our conflicts, I will say, like, so healthy. Holy shit, man. Like, I've never in my life been with someone where after conflict, we're closer, which is ideal, right? That's what you want. You want to be closer after conflict. You want to grow together, not apart. And I can confidently say, like, that's what it's so cool. Oh my God. Like after a conflict, we just like we we like want to cuddle, you know? <laughs> we feel we come together because we always promote a first, like a deeper understanding of each other, but that requires vulnerability. Back to it. She sometimes you need to know, hey, there's here's my fear. I need to know that you understand my fear. In that same moment, I'm hearing the fear and I need to not internalize it as a criticism of me or how I'm showing up and know that that fear is, is not a criticism of our relationship or me as a man, right? And I just need to say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, you're not crazy for having that fear. I can get it. And sometimes I look for the same thing. It's just like, I'm looking for, do you see my side of the street? Does this make sense? Can you, you know, can you lean in and validate this so that I at least feel heard? You know, are you here with me? Right? And so. You know, relationships are work, but that work should not make you feel less of who you are. And so I'm just using those as an example. But for me, somebody who whose default setting is negative a lot of times when I wake up, 
It comes from a past of volatility, witnessing volatility. Like, and I'll never bad talk my parents because my parents are fucking awesome people. Awesome people. And I want to say that my parents had a way worse example than me, 10 times worse. And for them to show up the way they did for me, despite that example and their upbringing, whew, like my parents are definitely cycle breakers, right? In their own way. My dad's example as, as you know, for parenting was trash compared to mine and same for my mom. So they, they definitely broke cycles. But that being said, obviously every relationship, every marriage has its struggles and theirs, unfortunately, you know, had some effects on me as a child and the things that I witnessed gave me a lot of insecurity within relationship, or at least I won't say it gave it to me, but it, it set an example of, I have to earn love. I'm never safe. Uh, I have to constantly earn validation and, and maintain by going above and beyond and putting out feelers to make sure I'm still getting attention and et cetera, right? So I had to spend a long time working on that and I still have to work on it. But I wake up with a negative mindset towards relationships sometime and my partner didn't do shit. That's a thing. My partner, and I'm, when I say my partner, like I'm talking about all of my partners throughout life. Obviously, every relationship was different, but in general, I wake up, you know, I've woken up with negative feelings towards my partner. And so that's obviously not fair. It's also a burden <laughs> to my partner. And so I have to actively manage that. I have to, for me, I have to make sure that I do state management, not necessarily every day and not obsessively. But if I wake up that way, it is important for me to take some, a few minutes, breathe and get centered and bring myself back to reality. And the reality is I am loved. I am enough. I don't have to earn love. I am safe in relationship. No matter what, I'll be okay. I am a whole person. My worth is not linked to the validation of another. I am capable, competent, dynamic. You know, I'm, I'm all these positive things. And I don't need, I'm not being undermined. I'm not being attacked. And, and, and so that's how I wake up a lot of times is like I anticipate some kind of war that I have to defend myself and I'm going to be, I'm going to be attacked and I need to be prepared. Right. And there's a lot that goes into this, you know, my upbringing, my relationship with my mom and, and a few other, and, and prior relationships with women. But it's like, I have to, these are just my examples. And maybe you have your examples of like negative forecasting, right? I wake up with negative forecasts. And this also applies to like my business, money, you know, just general outcomes. I'm like forecasting negative events that I have to prepare for. And it brings me anxiety and stress. But those things aren't reality. Those things are just thoughts and feelings that are the, the software, but it's not who I am. Who I am is my consciousness, my awareness, the observer. When I was three years old, 10 years old, and now at 33, I've always been the observer. And the things that I experience in the external world are not who I am and they are not reality. And so I can choose as the observer whether or not I want to let those dictate my mindset and, and my actions, my behavior, et cetera. And so state management is important for me because during meditation, I'm able to bring it back to center and what is true consistently, not, as, not what is true in the now. What is the consistent truth versus what is the now truth? I'm able to see that clearly. And the consistent truth is that I am loved. I am appreciated. I am I am, you know, worthy. I am, I have an awesome life. I have a beautiful son. I have a healthy, healthy life, right? I have a, a beautiful, safe life. And so that is the consistent truth. And it helps me. So meditation helps me go back to that. And once I'm in that place, 
I show up like the badass motherfucker I am. And you can show up as the badass person that you are. And I don't mean like badass motherfucker, like, you know, fighting, spitting bullets out, shit like that. I just mean the, 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 the light that you are in this world, right? For me, that's showing up and, and, and doing a podcast episode like this or showing up as a father, right? Being present with my son, showing up as a partner and, and being ready to have tough conversations and, and serve and, and not feel like I'm, I'm owed something in return or feel like, you know, give to get where I give with the expectation that I will receive something. Just give out of love. Like go back to those really whole and, and peaceful behaviors that come from having an open heart. And that's the other part of it is when I wake up like that, I have a closed heart. The heart closes off to relationship. And that's not a good place to have conversations from or to approach my day. And so if we look at how we show up for everybody in our life, well, it becomes clear that the most important thing is for us to have our mind and heart right before we... If you have a family that, that depends on you, you have a job that depends on you, you have people you, you manage, you have, you have children, like the most important thing is your cushion time, as my mentor calls it. My cushion time is the time you're sitting there meditating and you're getting centered. Most important thing. It may not seem like it's important. You may be like, oh, no, no. The most important thing is that I, I, I start getting breakfast ready and I start you know, checking emails and I start responding. Like, this is most important because it's most pressing. Fuck all that. It'll still be there when you're done. Prioritize your state management. Like, get yourself centered so you can see life for what it is. Beautiful abundant. You can be grateful for the stuff you have now. So that's, that's the place that I, I get to with meditation. I get real present. I focus on little things like my butt on the, on the seat, my breathing, you know, the air on my skin, little sounds here and there. And after I'm there, I go straight to visualizing me at my, showing up at my high, as my highest self and what, that, what my life looks like as my highest self. And I sit in those feelings produced from that instead of sitting in the feelings of, oh, God, I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm stressed. I have this pressing on me. Oh, we had this argument yesterday and I'm still, I should have made this point. I should have made this point. That's all bullshit. That stuff keeps you stuck. Reality is when you have an open heart, you let stuff go because conflicts are going to happen. You know, somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. Your kid's going to shit himself in the middle of a middle of Walmart, like whatever it is, stuff's going to happen. And, and the more open-hearted you are, the easier it is to let that stuff go, to smile and let it go. But the unhealed parts of us want to hold on to shit. They want to strategize for the next conflict and all this toxic bullshit. It's not who we are. It's just the projection. It's the projection in the software that's been programmed in us from prior experiences that we haven't yet processed. And if we keep avoiding letting them go, like the only way you can let it go is to face it. So many of us have unprocessed pain and we carry it with us. And that's where this thinking comes from. And so it's pivotal to see every trigger as a trailhead to go and, and, and discover more about yourself, to see every time you're activated as an opportunity to learn something about yourself. We spend so much time trying to point out things in others that should change. It's like that right there is you trying to change the external world so that you don't have to face pain. You can't change other people. You can't change your environment. Like you, you change yourself and your life will change. Always bring it in. Extreme ownership means that it is your responsibility. It's not your fault if you have you know, trauma and lagging patterns from other relationships, but the awareness and ownership of those things, it's your responsibility to change and heal them so that you can show up as your best 
And I guarantee you this type of mindset will make your life infinitely better than focusing on all the other shit that's wrong in your life, right? So for me, not every day, but most days, I got to get up and before I do anything, it's hard, it's hard too, because I'm also programmed to check my phone and start answering emails, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'll just check these emails before I get to it. And I'm subconsciously procrastinating meditation. I'm putting it off because my default is to avoid pain or avoid things that are uncomfortable. And being with myself sometimes is uncomfortable. And so instead of soothing and escaping with my phone, got to get up, go take some deep breaths. I, I like Wim Hof. I do Wim Hof breathing. I think it's super simple, super easy to get you present. And then go straight into meditation. And then I do it for 15, 20 minutes. And my day goes so much better as a result because it's either start my day from that fucked up, like negative, toxic, wounded part, or I start my day from an integrated, centered, positive part. Which day do you think goes better? Pretty obvious, right? I hope this is valuable, y'all. I appreciate it. Uh, you listening. Appreciate your support. And I hope, hope this really helps you all think about how you're running your day and how you're showing up for yourself and your family. And thank you all. Talk to you soon. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.